0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show, the Empowered Practice Podcast, where we have conversations about our own health and healing journeys, mind, body, and spirit, and the tools and the resources and the conversations that have been most supportive to us in that endeavor. I'm so honored to be your host, J.D. Ingalls, health coach, yoga and meditation teacher, and perpetual seeker and student of life. Let's get on to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Empowered Practice Podcast. Um, I'm really excited about today's conversation because today on the show, we have Hari Simran, who is an Ayurvedic health practitioner and a Kundalini yoga instructor and who has been a yoga teacher to me and also helped me a lot in um, healing my adrenal health. So she's here to talk to us today about Ayurveda and how to incorporate that into our everyday lives, even if we're not a yogi or don't know that much about alternative health. So welcome to the show, Hari
1: Simran. Thank you, JD. I'm so happy to be here and I love talking about all of this. So thank you for inviting me on. Definitely,
0: thank you for being here. So just to start the conversation, will you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to do the work that you currently do with people?
1: Yeah. So I've always been really into um, to healthcare, to finding ways of making me feel better, making others feel better. And I, I absolutely love plant medicine. Um, I find a lot of creativity in it. I find it very relaxing and very empowering. So I think the empowering part is really what inspired me to do what I do. Um, And with Kundalini Yoga, I feel like it's both very creative, very empowering for the individual. Definitely. I've
0: experienced that myself and in your classes and the work you do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty potent.
0: Yes. So for people who are just kind of getting their feet wet with alternative health, will you give us an
1: um, just like a brief overview of what Ayurveda is? Sure. Um, we we get that question a lot. And, you know, because the word's been used in so many different platforms, it can kind of get confusing. So Ayurveda, I mean, it literally translates into the science of life, the knowledge of life. So it's very much uh, a science, a healing modality and a science and a a way of living um, where you're really you're really incorporating all the natural rhythms into your everyday life. Um, Ayurvedic medicine really sees each person as an individual, and we treat we treat that way. We treat each person as if they're a whole new you know set of things. So even if somebody has the same issue as another person we will not treat them the same way. So in this sense, we're getting a very, very profound space to heal, a very effective way to not just healing the symptoms, but healing the root causes and really creating a more vibrant, um, functional self.
0: Yes. It's quite different than maybe what some of us are used to, especially if we've only taken like a Western healing approach where it's often like treating the symptoms. And also that symptom gets treated the same, no matter who you are. It's exactly. much more individualized. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's very individualized. And also, you know, it's very, very ancient. So we're going back 5,000 years of uh, practice and experimenting and learning and using medicinal plants and using foods for health and healing and using all sorts of medicines um, for helping us stay vital. And Ayurveda is so wonderful because it's really that lifestyle side to yoga. It's really going to support the yogi or yogini um, or yoga practitioner in feeling as healthy as possible
0: mm-hmm. yeah and back to what you were saying earlier how people might have heard like just a little snippet um out of context of the full system of ayurveda i know for me the thing that i was introduced to first was doshas and taking a dosha quiz and finding out what your dosha is will you talk a little bit about doshas
1: sure yeah doshas Actually, the word dosha means disease state. (laughs) So we oftentimes get confused between, well, what are the doshas and what is my constitution? You know, a dosha quiz is literally taking a quiz to see where am I at right now? And the doshas really symbolize what we call in Ayurveda, the three humors or the three energies that rule our life, that rule the, that, encompass really the universe. And the three are vata, pitta, and kapha. And so these three aspects, they're not only within us, but they're in nature, they're in the stars, they're in the food we eat, they're in the activities that we do. And when we take something like a dosha quiz, we're taking a quiz to see where our constitution is at. what. Symptoms are we having? What, uh, where is our mindset? Um, really, the quiz is to help us understand what medicines do we need. Mm-hmm. And then, digging deeper, we go to the three humors and we look at them in terms of what is our true constitution. And that's really when we see a practitioner. Mm-hmm. That's when we really get to know who we are underneath the layer of the superficial. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a brief overview of, of what the doshas are and, and, and what you're doing when you're taking a dosha quiz.
0: Yeah. So um, if, they do, if we do take a dosha quiz online, sometimes we see the words um, vikruti and prakriti. So mm-hmm. will you break those down for us? Because it's kind of what you were talking
1: about. Yeah. You know, so when we take a dosha quiz, what we're really looking at is the vikruti. Vikruti is the state of my, the state of my body right here, right now. That's what's pushing me to go see a practitioner. That's what's pushing me to go see a doctor. My stomach is flared up. My eyes are blurry. My, you know, my digestion's all over the place. So that is probably going to be this, you know, the symptoms showing up. That's the vikruti. The prakruti is really that divine nature of who you are and that never changes. Um, The prakriti is your true constitution from when you were born. And that's when you see a practitioner, that's really what you are um, kind of getting read to you. You know, the practitioner is understanding your true constitution. They're helping you to understand who you are so that we can really bring the vikruti into balance. Mm -hmm. Ideally, in an ideal world, the vikruti and the prakruti are the same. That's when you know you're balanced.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. I've never had somebody say it quite like that before. Mm -hmm. So, and as you said, it's the science of life and it really brings the lifestyle aspect into yogic living, but just living in general, even if someone doesn't consider themselves a yogi. Um, So if someone is interested in learning more about that lifestyle piece, where can they learn more about incorporating Ayurveda into their life?
1: Um, There's a lot of places to learn it. I mean, you can always start with getting a very basic book about Ayurveda. Um, You know, Dr. Vasant Lad has some wonderful books. Maya Tiwari, who's an amazing practitioner, she does a lot of writing just for women. She has a great introduction to Ayurveda. Um, Banyan Botanicals is a great website to go to to learn more about your constitution. Um, You can learn a little bit on my website about Ayurveda and and what it means um, and how to kind of get started and, and really just the initial idea of I want to find some balance in my body. Mm-hmm. That seed, you're already starting that Ayurvedic journey. That small seed of like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted or I feel overwhelmed or my mind is racing or my sleep is disturbed. These are all precursors to really what's Ayurveda is helping you with. So even becoming aware of what's happening in your body, you're already on the Ayurvedic journey. Mm -hmm. And it's just about finding that tool or tools to help you reset. And we say, you know, everything is Ayurvedic. I believe, Mm -hmm. you know, everything is Ayurvedic. You can go to the farmer's market and there's, you know, a beautiful person selling Italian food, but they really know what they're doing with the herbs and the spices and the smells and the, even the feeling that they put into it, that is Ayurveda. Mm. So we don't, and I don't really like to just hone in on just one modality. It, you know, a lot of people get misinterpreted. Oh, it's all Indian. <laughs> it's all <laughs> Indian food. It's all Indian spices. No, I mean, Ayurveda spans, it's universal. Mm-hmm. Every culture, every household, every person can be Ayurvedic. And it is all about meeting yourself where you're at and finding where you really vibe. Mm-hmm. I like that word vibe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it
0: is kind of like you're saying, a process of unfolding, even just that little seed of curiosity and the growing awareness that comes through from it. And what really like struck me with that is how you said it's empowering and just beginning that process of tuning into yourself and becoming more and more aware of how this system works and when it feels out of balance and when it feels in balance, that's a really empowering process.
1: It really is. And you know, going back to kind of the Indian roots, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of ancient practices there and, and it's very it's very healing, you know, and there's, there's a lot of, of those ancient practices woven into Ayurveda. So yeah, there is a lot of Indian influence, which is very universal in itself. So it can all be, you know, worked in the modern age, in this Mm -hmm. modern time. Yes.
0: So for somebody who is really focused on like, Bringing just just beginning that journey, and we're living a modern lifestyle, you know, and um, feeling maybe the effects of that sometimes. What are the common like starting points that you give someone? So maybe they visit a website or grab a book and start to learn a little bit about it. What else can they do to just start beginning to find that balance and what that means for them?
1: The first thing that I really like to start with is food Mm -hmm. and you know most people are really into their food Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know what better way to look at your life your day the rhythms of your day how you feel than you know looking at what you're eating Mm -hmm. so you know this is a big topic especially in the western world and there's so many choices so many diets so many things that we have to decide and really i my first advice to people just getting into it is simplify Mm -hmm. and really become aware of your kitchen Mm. (laughs) so you know if you're just getting into ayurveda if you're if you have never heard of it before If you want to find more balance, maybe you're having headaches every day, maybe you're having anxiety, maybe, you know, you're going through something um, internally, whether it's physical or mental, and it seems very overwhelming, step into your kitchen, Mm. find out what foods you love and what foods don't agree with you because the only person who knows that is you mm-hmm. and it's very human. It's very natural and it's very easy in a way to look around and take, you know, inventory mm-hmm. of the kitchen. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's usually my first approach to most things to most um people getting into this for the first time um, and and having some fun, having some fun with it because the food is nourishing and nourishment is beautiful. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, I love that. (laughs) I do. And so if somebody is just getting started in the kitchen, um and they don't feel like they have a lot of time or energy to put into it, where can they just start?
1: Very good question. Um, because that in itself can be overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have so much. So my first approach is ritual. Mm-hmm. Not even looking at food, just ritual. So take off your shoes, take off your socks step into your kitchen, ground your feet and just be in there and slow down Mm -hmm. and just cook something from scratch. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's my first, you know, approach to being and honoring the kitchen space. Um, Take out all the confusion about what to eat, what not to eat, what to cook, what not to cook, and simply start a ritual. Simply sit down your meals without distraction. Turn the TV off, turn the cell phone away, and give yourself some time to begin these rituals because in Ayurveda – probably the most important thing is not what you eat, but how you eat. Not really what you're cooking, but how you're cooking. So this first step is initiating the awareness, initiating the relaxation in the body to actually digest and initiating the reverence to your own self and to the nourishment that you're about to take in. So I know these things sound a little bit like woo-woo to sometimes, but they're actually very basic, very important things that any nutritionist will tell somebody, just maybe not in those terms. Hmm. So ritual is the beginning step. Yes,
0: and I bet you as people are listening to this part, they're taking a huge sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is just so much information out there. It's changing all the time and it can feel so overwhelming. So to hear that it's actually okay and maybe the best thing that we can do for ourselves to simplify, to kind of forget everything we think we know and just feel, that's a nice place to begin. I think it
1: it feels good to me. It feels like relief. And isn't it empowering, right? Mm -hmm. You don't really need much. You just need your your own self. Yes.
0: Yes. And beginning to tune back into that kind of innate intelligence within Mm -hmm. ourselves. And it's not as woo-woo as you might think, like you said. It can be simply just getting out of that fight-or-flight response of, like, constantly being stimulated and busy and distracted and just... Paying attention to how we feel and what sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So you mentioned relaxing so that we can digest the food that we're going to eat, regardless of what that is. Um, and I know in Ayurveda, I think a big part of it is Agni and strengthening that. And I think today a lot of people struggle with digestive issues. So can you talk a little bit more
1: about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, yes, digestion is a big thing and, you know, digestion is not only in our stomach, it's not only happening there, but it's happening within all areas of our life, in our sensory organs, in our mind, um, even in our sound, in the way we talk, in the way we hear things. So you mentioned Agni, which means fire which means the digestive fire and how stable is that? How, how unstable is it? And you know, in Ayurveda, we're always assessing, where is the Agni? Where's the Agni in the belly? Where's the Agni in the mind? Where's the Agni in the skin? All the different, in Ayurveda, we call them, you know, sub-doshas of pitta, with pitta is the fire and water and, uh So yes, digestive issues stem from many different areas in our life. And the very first thing when we have tension, when we have stress, is for the body to go in that fight or flight. When the body goes in that fight or flight, the agni, the fire goes to those areas Mm -hmm. and it doesn't remain in the belly, right? So you're emotionally eating, maybe you're overeating, maybe you're undereating. maybe you're, you know, running around eating, maybe you're in your car eating, all that energy is going outward mm-hmm. instead of inward in the center where the food is going down and all of a sudden bloating happens.
0: Mm-hmm. All
1: of a sudden you're nauseous. Maybe you have diarrhea, maybe you have constipation, maybe you have gas maybe the food's all of a sudden coming up and we're confused because we ate that kale salad. We ate that, we (laughs) ate that soup. We ate that, we drank that smoothie, you know, we ate our seeds and our nuts and we're not eating meat anymore. And we're not, you know, doing all that. We're not eating sugar. What's, you know, what's happening, you know, it's so frustrating, Mm -hmm. but again, it's not what we're eating. It's how we're eating. And if you're not relaxed, and if you're not sitting, and if you're not really paying attention, the energy is going to other places. And, you know, our stomach can only multitask so much. Mm-hmm. So, big reasons to have ritual in your life, big reasons to really honor the meal times and to. Make that a priority before taking a bunch of digestive enzymes or, you know, trying to figure all these different diets out. How are you eating? Mm -hmm. So important to Agni, to digestive fire. Yes. I think you're
0: hitting on like a a really juicy realization Um, because sometimes it's almost easier. Maybe our Western minds are just... Gravitate toward those things more. Like, I'll just take a thing for it. Like, I don't want to deal with being with it. So, I'm just going to take this supplement or I'm going to try this new diet. And we don't really stop to examine how we're doing everything we're doing. So, Ayurveda helps us with that.
1: It really does. And, you know, not to say and not to negate the supplements Mm -hmm. because they are extremely helpful. But again, how are we taking those supplements, and when I see clients, I always give them kind of a time frame of when to take a digestive supplement or herb mm-hmm. and how they're taking it and and are you know where is the consciousness there mm-hmm. um, i'm not just throwing it back in my mouth and and eating whatever on the go so Yes, we need these supplements sometimes. We need these herbs for support, especially if you've been out of whack for a while. Mm -hmm. These are just helping us to come back, really, to recognize our true nature, which Mm -hmm. is balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I like
0: the question of where is the consciousness at? Mm Yeah. Yeah. Part of, I think, the shift also in paying attention more to how we're doing things um, is a lot of what we are used to in the Western world is we apply this diet or this fitness plan or whatever it is, and it's the same every day, or we do this every three days and this every two days. Um, And I feel like Ayurveda is a little bit more dynamic than that. So can you talk about seasonal rhythms and how things might shift for us and how we can be with that?
1: Sure. Um, We're actually in a seasonal shift right now. It's spring equinox today, and the equinox is a wonderful time, you know, to start an Ayurvedic (laughs) routine or a meditation or something like that. But, you know, we're circadian beings, we actually function best when we're in rhythm with the natural cycles of mother nature, of the, you know, the cycles of the seasons. And so, Ayurveda very much um, uses medicine this way, uh, and we we heal this way too. So, for instance, you know, we're going into spring, and we say that the winter begins to melt in the body. And that's the kapha, the earth and the water. It begins to melt. And what happens when it starts melting? We become mucusy. You know, we become congested. So, you know, we get that spring kind of like phlegm, sore throat. You know, this season, all the pollen's everywhere. Everything's blooming. So we're coming out of this like kind of cocoon from winter and coming in the spring. And it's a very important transition. This this really, this season, because it's been such a dormant space, all of a sudden it's like, boom, like blossoms and all these things are coming out and same is happening in your body. So we change what we're doing. We change the diet according to the season. Now all the things are starting to bloom So the fruits, the vegetables, the grains you're eating, all of that's going to start to change as the microbes in your organ, your digestive system start to change. Mm -hmm. So those really heavy, you know, heating foods aren't going to feel so good now as we approach the warmer climate. We're going to start welcoming in, you know, the berries and the um, different kinds of fruits and vegetables and lighter foods to help detox, and clear out the winter. And so we do this seasonally, from winter to spring, spring to summer. Summer gets even warmer, and we get even lighter. Then all of a sudden, summer comes into fall, and we need to start approaching that kind of warmer, heavier diet, more grains, more root vegetables. So in this way, if we can get our food you know, coordinated. It's hard in LA because we don't really have seasons. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in, in the Western world in general, we can kind of get all the foods all season long. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, depending on where you live. But if you live in major cities, you can get papayas in the winter. Mm-hmm. You can get strawberries in the winter. And, you know, it's it's interesting, but we need to really remember what mother nature is actually growing? What mm-hmm. can we grow outside right now? Mm-hmm. That's really going to be the most digestible. And that's food as medicine. And it'll keep you very healthy going into all these transitions and most likely prevent those seasonal illnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is
0: interesting to think about. I wonder if people are like, oh, as you said that, like the melting of winter and the congestion and the spring cold, because I think for myself too, before I knew about these things, they would just happen and I just thought that they just had to happen. Like that's just what happens every spring. I just get a cold.
1: But they don't always have to. Yeah, that's right. You know, I, we got to kind of like um, open our mind a little bit to some of us have very sensitive constitutions, for instance. And so those seasonal transitions can affect us a lot more in certain ways than perhaps some other constitutions who have a little more of a tougher, um, you know, body type and, and strength. It will affect everybody in certain ways, but we don't have to just lay back and wait for the Cold to come or the headache or the you know allergies, can really step up and use this these season transitions to our benefit. mm-hmm
0: yeah, absolutely. So, a couple of things that you mentioned. So, I feel like kind of a buzzword for a lot of people is detox and detoxing. Um, so, what do you mean by that? That the body will start to detox as we transition into this new season and eat those seasonal
1: foods? Mm, good question. Yeah, that word detox is so <laughs> a little dangerous. I think yeah. it's on the edge. You know, let's detox really shouldn't be used probably in this kind of context. Because when we think of detox, you're thinking of, oh, I must have a lot of toxins in my body each season that I need to detox from. So maybe, you know, using a word more like clear, you know, clear out any accumulation. Mm -hmm. And what happens in a season is things accumulate. So Over the winter, we've accumulated a good amount of kapha, earth and water. You might feel heavier, which is natural. You might feel a little more sluggish, which is natural. And so when we come into spring, we want to clear, cleanse that accumulation. Because we don't want to really go into the spring-summer feeling that heavy because it's the energy of light, of blossom, of kind of release in a way, of, <laughs> of renewing. So more than, de- rather than detox from a toxin, we're, we're cleansing from the accumulation. Mm-hmm. And you know, when, from summer to fall, we're cleansing from the excess heat that our body has accumulated. So when we go into fall, we're not feeling inflamed Mm -hmm. and we're able to um, really enjoy the abundance of the fall harvest. It's a real thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And can you just tell us a little bit more about like what that might look like? Is it as simple as just starting to incorporate those seasonal foods as they become available?
1: Yes, it can be as simple as that, releasing what you have been eating. For instance, if you're someone who over the winter time, has, you know, maybe a warm porridge of some kind for breakfast, warm oatmeal, rice cereal, maybe you're a savory person, you have like a stew in the morning. When we're going into the warmer climates, you might start thinking of, you know, okay, my body is... Um, going to transition now. And I'm not quite craving those heavy grains in the morning. I'm really craving something lighter, like a simple smoothie, or, you know, maybe you're not very hungry in the morning, you just want a little bit of fruit and tea. You know, these things happen, yet we get so attached to our morning routine, because we felt so good over the winter. And perhaps that was the time you you changed. Maybe you decided to do some Ayurveda in the winter Mm -hmm. and we get a little bit attached to our warm oatmeal, you know, but we're not craving, we're not needing that as we move into spring. So we're having to kind of pull away from the heavier food into the lighter food. So you can simply start, you know, by transitioning into the spring, maybe in the morning you just Drink some hot water and allow your digestive fire to, to wake up and tune into that to see actually, you know, what is it that I need today? What is it that I want today? It's a lot warmer than it has been. Um, what can I do for my body to move into this season?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a game changer for me was just creating the space to actually check in so I don't just like get up and go straight into doing, but carving out some space, especially first thing in the morning to be and to check in and just to notice how I feel today, not only in my body, but my mind, Mm -hmm. right? And then how can I create balance with that? with the food that I eat and how I move my body and how I think and how I participate in everything that I do. So it really is all-encompassing. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Sure. I just brought up something, my own question. So um, this might be a little bit beyond basic, but we have our constitution, and it's not just our body, right? It's our mind. So can you talk a little bit about that and how the body might feel a little
1: different than the mind? Sure. Um, yeah. So we have our prakriti, right? Which is, we talked about earlier, our true constitution, which we're born into. And um, and we have our minds, you know, which most people have the similar constitution, mind, mind and body, body and mind. And we go out of balance in both Um the state of balance that you're in currently, which is the Vikruti can be different in the mind than in the body. That's the Vikruti. That's, that's our superficial kind of layer. It's very, very rare that you have a different constitution in your mind than in your body. Mm. Most of us have the same. Mm -hmm. Now You might take a dosha quiz and they ask you about your mind and you find that, whoa, my body looks different than my mind. Um, Perhaps your body is, you know, gaining some weight and that looks like a kapha thing, like an earth and water thing. And then your mind is racing Mm -hmm. all the time. And there's anxiety that looks like a Vata thing. This happens. You know, so the practitioner works with both. We work with calming that mind to get it back to the balance. We work with releasing the weight in the body because now we look at the, the vikruti and we join them together and we say, okay, there's a vata kapha imbalance going on here because there's something going on. In the mind that's vata, mm-hmm. there's something going on which is probably pushing the body into kapha, mm-hmm. which is the weight gain. So we need to treat both. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where I think when you're taking a quiz, that can be very difficult sometimes to self-assess. And, you know, once you have the lingo and you have the practitioner helping you and you have more of an understanding, that self-assessment becomes way more clear, way more um, way more reachable in terms of of how to heal both aspects of yourself. Mm-hmm. Great. So I
0: think you've given us a ton of information. Thank you so much for your knowledge. Um, and just to kind of bring it all together, for people who just wanna get started with it, they might check out a book by Vasant Wad or Maya Tiwari they might just begin to tune in and simplify, begin to step into their kitchen and ground and and notice how they feel. Maybe they explore a couple of recipes that sound really fun to create. And beyond that, maybe they begin to explore what's growing in my area and in what season and start to incorporate some of those foods into the
1: rotation. Is there anything that I'm missing? That's perfect. I, yes. All of that is great. And yeah, just taking a self inventory and um, that's a first step to Ayurveda. Yes.
0: And if they do want help from a practitioner, how can they find an Ayurvedic
1: practitioner to work with? Um, well, they can always contact me at hadisimranayurveda.com. Um, we do also have, which is very new, a whole list of practitioners in Los Angeles um, that has just come out through this uh, website called chit chat chai mm-hmm. and you it wherever you are um, if you're not close to the west side which which is where I am um, there are are practitioners all over l a um, all over California all over the world, and we're putting together they are putting together a whole Um, directory for these practitioners. So you can also Google. um, Google search is also great. So, you know, we're here. We are so honored to serve our communities and beyond. And I welcome anyone to email me with any questions.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Hadi Simran. So, they can find you at Hadi
1: Is there anywhere else that they can connect with you? They can connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram is um, Hadi Simran Ayurveda. Um, they can connect with me on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. And um, they can also come to a Kundalini Yoga class. I teach here in Santa Monica. Kundalini Yoga by the Sea. I teach at Yoga West, which is Robertson and Pico. And I would be happy to, to have them in my class, to have you in my class. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hari Simran. Thank you, JD. This was wonderful.
0: So that's the end of this episode. I hope that you enjoyed all the information and the conversations and reflections that we shared as much as I have. And if you'd like to connect with me and learn a little bit more about my own journey and the offerings that I share, please visit jdingleswellness.com. And you can also connect with me on Instagram. And if you feel moved to and the show was really aligned for you, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate that. And I look forward to connecting with you again. Bye for now.